Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. And happy Tuesday, everybody. Hey, hey. Hope everybody's doing great. We have got a very special episode of the BroCR Supercaster coming to you this week. And we super mean it this time. We have two amazing guests joining you us might know for them. a roundtable. Yeah, you might know them. First one is none other than Yancy Culp. Uh, Yancy Cam, you can't be in the sport without knowing who he is. He's pretty much coached every big name athlete out there. Die hard for the sport, great advocate for the sport, great guy, phenomenal friend. Yep, so we've got Yancey and his good friend, and now a great friend of ours, um, Oh, Tim's been a friend for a long time. Yeah, Tim, we love Tim. Yep, so Tim um, is an accomplished athlete on his own. He is a cancer survivor. Um, He is a performance coach and just now um, launching his own performance psychology program this fall. Um, so you can check that out. Um, it's going to be called Resurrecting Free Rain Performance and Mind Ops. Um, so you can check him out. Um, Race Trip Arises, I know, is his Instagram handle. Um, I'm sure all the good information is going to be there or Tim Sinnett on Facebook. Um, yeah, so we talked with these guys. We had this podcast previously planned, um, and we were going to be talking all about championship season. And then Spartan dropped the bomb on us. Changed up a bunch of rules on us today. Um, yep. Well, yesterday now from the conversation. Anyway, without further ado, let's just head on over the conversation. And we are here today with our good friends, Yancey Culp, Tim Sennett, and Leah, as usual. As usual. So What's up, we y'all? are so excited for today's episode we are like at the peak of the season here we are it's championship time it's time to rumble thank you guys for having us on man I, tim and yeah. i talk about four times a day yeah we do <laughs> over the past five years we've probably averaged three or four communications a day so this is just right in line with our norm well, so no anytime that we can pull you guys in we love you guys you guys are a yeah. riot we are definitely excited. I mean, it's, you know, where to begin. So basically, you know, championship season is upon us. We had our first weekend of championships this past weekend at Noram. Um, let's, I guess, dive right into that. So we had three different races, the 3K, the 15K, and the team. And Nobody cares about the team. Nobody cares. Uh, well, some <laughs> Nobody cares. Care. Nobody cares. <laughs> right, 3K and 15K. Results. 3K, let's throw down. Yeah. What do you? What are your guys' thoughts? Is it? Did it shake down how y'all thought? What were your predictions going into the race? I thought uh, what was what was interesting was how ridiculously close. If you remember last year, the guys' race was in within like 10 seconds, and the yep. same this year, just and the it flipped. VJ one, Ryan two. Last year it was Ryan mm-hmm. one, VJ two. With I mean. Almost no change, really and truly. Just a couple seconds swing. Um, I would have liked to have seen VJ come back and race the next day to see another uh, battle another there. Throwdown. But, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really ahead, happy to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did play out the way I, I thought. You know, Rose, I guess all the given. Rose kind of took a chance on Gibbon, and and that kind of knocked her out of what would have probably been third place. But, but I, honestly – I mean, I, I thought the gap was closing after Utah, but after this, like, Lindsay and Nicole right now are just, 
fighting. They're they're not. They're just like at a whole nother level right now. <laughs> yeah, it's that van life. It's Nicole's van life. It's just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. They've just you know they're just so fast. Like yes, yes, they yeah. do make up time on on technical on, on the uh, obstacle efficiencies, but. You know, from what I, for, I haven't had a chance to have a full debrief from Rose, but it sounds like they just pounded that first two mile climb. Nicole like I think was they were, I heard. yeah, they were just cruising. So I'll well, tell you a, neat, two, sorry. A, a real, a yeah. real neat piece of this is we've all been around the sport long enough and OCR, WC and NORAM, all that stuff's been around long mm. enough to, that's a freaking tough, tough obstacle dense course. And there, absolutely. I'm telling you the percentage of completion i mean I, I had tons of clients there and, and clients that actually surprised me from the elite level on down there's just athletes conquering obstacles that three or four or five years ago you just wouldn't have seen that that, that extreme high level and and i i know they had some rain and we still had a very high level of of obstacle completion and the, how quickly athletes that had never uh, touched gibbons I think the given success rate was way higher than I expected. I was at Mud Sweat and Tears Same here. weeks ago, and I th- I, I, I tried it out. And I was like, man, this was harder than I expected, and I've got pretty decent grips. I was like, this is going to cause – I sent Adrian a message. I was like, dude, this is going to cause some havoc, and it really didn't cause the havoc that I was expecting. Not as bad as I thought, but it's one of those things that I told so many people after doing it at Indian Mud Run. It was one of those obstacles. If I was competing for, for podium – I would want to touch beforehand. Yeah. Well, that's always been a thing about the adventure races, whether it be, you know, Sierra World Championships or NORAM, is that they have been, you know, key players with bringing new obstacles to the, you know, to the playing ground that, you know, people have not seen before. Come standard. So, yeah. You know, it, it's the first time people have seen Gibbons and that Valkyrie and some of these other obstacles that it's, so much of it's not necessarily a strength thing, but more of a technique thing. Like, you just need to know how to do it. Well, even yeah. like you look back to OCRWC a few years ago, and when we brought Dragons back over here, and you remember hearing stories about Faye locking up on the top of it. Yeah. And it's just something new that we've not seen before that you're just like, oh, crap, now it's here. You know, and that's that, that's one thing I do kind of appreciate is it's, it, w- it would be easy to see why kind of the Spartan almost – uh, the people who just do Spartan, um, why they wouldn't always necessarily do well at a race like this. So it is kind yep. of cool to see that you have a Lindsay, Nicole, Rose, um, mm-hmm. Tiffany. Uh, I know Tiffany does other races too, but like yeah. it yep. is cool yep. to see that they are still that they're still up there at the top. So it's not it's not just like well they only do well at Spartan because they know the obstacles, and everyone else right. wins all the other races. So that's kind of nice. And I, I yeah. will go ahead. I want to do mention her real quick. Michelle Warnke taking third in the three K. Oh, yeah, that was. Okay. Like, I'm telling you, guys, that's the one really neat person to look at over the years. Yeah. At the adventure mm-hmm. races, where like Tim just said, you know, those, those top five or ten that are always top five or ten at Spartan races, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna jump into Norm OCRWC, and most of them are gonna be just fine. And, and then and then vice versa. They you know. Here's what happens. Michelle is that that race gives it leans for where somebody like Michelle that has that American Ninja Warrior background, one of the top five greatest females of all time. Mm-hmm. She can yep. jump into that race and she is immediately re- relevant in the 3K for a podium where if she steps into a Spartan sprint, she's not. She's yep. not. Yeah. She's yep. not going to be. So there's that there's that gap there, which I thought I think it's I mean, it's less than two neat. miles long. Right, yeah. she's got a good aerobic engine. She I does. Think, as far better as than any other go. female ninja. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You're right. As Agreed. Far as well, the only other girl sure, I would say back then distant. from that day would be like Amy Patrick. Yeah, and she Who's she killed it too. She got first in her age group, I think, both days. Oh wow, good. Yeah, she yeah, raised you know, age group you know, I, I mean, American Ninja War is so so crazy anaerobic it, for the most part. Just to have somebody with that kind of, I just think her range is really fun to look at yeah. and analyze because that's <laughs> it's really impressive because she truly is one of the best females of all time. And I mean she can lay down that I mean that's a what was the what were the female finishing times, Tim? What was Rose's time? Uh weren't 20, they 30 minutes? 20, she was under thirty. Yeah, yeah just under, under thirty, 30. I believe. 
Yeah, so you're talking about a I mean that's a that's an aerobic event. <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, so. that's a eight that's an eight K for a mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. a decent runner. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hashtag she's a badass. <laughs> Hashtag she's a badass. I like for it. I like it. Sure. You so know, the I next mean, you day know, then we talking had talking about... sorry, oh, go, go ahead, Leah. I was saying, you know, we're talking about this. There's there's an idea here of, you know, specificity versus universality when it comes to this sport as a whole. And I think that, you know, there are people that are just Spartan racers and, you know, they don't do as well at these kinds of mandatory obstacle completion, you know, races that we see, you know. What does that say about the sport? Do you think that they're all the same? Is it, you know, different athletes? What What are your takes on that? Oh, God. I have so many thoughts on that. I, <laughs> I always go back to my 2015 blog entries that I wrote for Ray Sherpa OCR. But, I mean, OCR <laughs> is such a diverse sport, and people are coming from all over that. Like, Yancey probably remembers, I think it was 2013, uh, maybe even before, where, where, where Spartan had a – beast champion a super champion and a sprint championship mm-hmm. yeah I, I know that because it was rose's first race ever in washuga and we had no idea what spartan racing was and we're like excuse us this is a sprint championship um and at least that was an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of the fact that there are different types of athletes and, and honestly i think the only reason why we don't see all the standings blow up is that there's just not enough athletes yet mm-hmm to really show all that differentiation. So we're still seeing the top people across all distances, but as more and more athletes seep in, I think you're going to start seeing like, oh, that person always wins beasts. They're never on the podium at a sprint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when we, get, when we get there, I do think it's going to be difficult to kind of, either you differentiate distances or, or it's going to be <laughs> difficult to say who the OCR champion is. Here's, here's a unique way to look at this. So... The talent is so insanely deep at every Spartan series race. It's just, it's crazy deep. I mean, you yep, could be series are crazy. You could be 15th place and like, oh my God, that's an amazing athlete. Just took 15th place. The running is so high level. So here's what happens. I, I've had, I've had many clients that have had to deal with this that have come from the world of conquer the gauntlet. Uh, they they, they crush an OCRWC and so here's maybe they in the old battle frog days they could own it there well they jump into a Spartan race and the running talent is so high Mm -hmm. that trust me guys and you guys know this as veteran racers uh, Jacob that when you are hammering that run pace all of a sudden, Twister and Olympus and all these obstacles are crazy freaking hard. I mean, they yep. suck. Where mm-hmm. if you were in a, in a different race where it's very obstacle dense and it's, it's not 15, 20 deep with an insane level of running talent, that obstacle isn't looked at the same. But you know, I have a client, Alex Walker, been working with her since 2015. And when she really started diving into Spartan, she was, I mean, she was, that girl's an obstacle machine. Mm-hmm. She had about it. She had about a half a season to a season where it was like, whoa. I remember a 2017 um, uh, Asheville. She 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 went out and she dropped the hammer to stay with Nicole and Ray and all the girls up front and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And she did. But she failed some obstacles because she it was just a heart rate. Mm-hmm. Zone, Your heart four, rate is just five, so just, jacked up there high. So it really it, it's a. Trying to step with those top elites, those obstacles are twice as hard. Absolutely, um, some of these athletes. Absolutely, when you when you approach an obstacle, it changes the game entirely. If you're you know pumping 180 beats per minute versus you know pumping 150, that's yeah. it's a huge, huge, huge delta there. Yeah. Well, and it's a huge different. You know, it's a huge variance when you're comparing, you know, a three to five mile course to a you know 12 to 15 mile course and. <clears throat> You know, one of so the that gets, things, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. sorry. One of the things that, you know, kind of frustrates me as an athlete is, you know, you have these courses throughout the season in various terrains and various locations and distances, but all of these championship races seem to be that same 10 to 12 mile mountain course. 
whether mm-hmm. it be Tahoe, yeah. whether it be, you know, now, you know, uh, Noram, it, it's these mountain courses. So, you know, to me, it's no shock that you're seeing these same four or five mm-hmm. athletes on every podium across the board, maybe flip-flopping positions, but it's, you know, it's, I think it skews the, the results. Well, it definitely, I mean, like Spartan is not going to get away in, in, in any short measure. This uh, this what I used to, what I referred to in 2015 as the distance drift, meaning, you know, it was started by people who weren't necessarily athletes, but who were really into epic, gritty things. And yep. the, the things that people who like to do epic, gritty things do is they go long, long, long. They're not interested in doing anything short because that would take a lot of athletic talent and a lot of speed. <laughs> So what you would see is in the old point system, a beast was worth more than a super, was worth more than a sprint. Well, why? Yep. Like, why, why was a beast worth more? Well, because the people who set it up have preferred to go long distance. And so, you know, the championship was always going to be a beast. And I, I don't necessarily, there's a lot of lip service given to this whole Olympic ideal. But, but everyone, including Joe, by the way, knows that that's not what's going to get into the Olympics. What's going to get into the Olympics is going to be some of the formats we've been seeing out of maybe Europe or Southeast Asia. Um, they may they may not be 100 meter sprint type things, but that's exactly not, where I was going to go they're next. Not, they're not going to be two to three hour beast races in the mountains. It's just not going to happen. And what we're going to see is I don't know if you guys know about the starting of um, the triathlon governance, but you know mm-hmm. Ironman was a brand that was doing super well, and then they said, hey, let's get in the Olympics, and they formed the committee and they said, well, no one wants to watch an Ironman, so let's let's create this other distance called an Olympic distance. So they did that for the Olympics, and then no Ironman people were on the podium <laughs> because that, it didn't suit their their distance. And so, you know, I don't exactly know how Spartan kind of gets gets out of this kind of dual mission where they really kind of love the the long distance epic gritty stuff, but then they also have this kind of Olympic goal that's going to look way different than what they're currently doing agreed and that's kind of where i think you were going to see things like the ocrwc now is doing that 100 meter and they did that the ocr european mm-hmm. 100 meter kind of like ninja sprint course and i think you're going to see things like that that could get that ninja community kind of out like the yeah. jamie rons and the mm-hmm. you know the brian arnolds and see some guys like that be able to do great in that and i think that yeah. bringing in things like that can unify us a lot more and kind of get us on a more cohesive page yeah. So look at this for look 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 at this for a second. So we've seen it's not where I would like it to be, but we've seen the last two years the stadium series, stadium series has yeah right that <laughs> level of competition. The level of competition there has doubled or tripled in the stadium yep. races yep. when they yep. made it a series. So here's what you have going on there. Now you have these. You do have a small percentage of athletes because the talent is not so crazy uh, deep on either ends of the bookends where you do have some fringe athletes, take a Robert Killian who could go contend for a podium at world championships. And let's say we had a stadium world championship tomorrow. He could contend for that podium also, but you see a larger pools of Matt Kimson's Isaiah Vidal's. And I would even say one of my clients, Ryan Kent or Hunter McIntyre, who's able bracket cracker, who's able to use the larger body frames. There's a, there's enough, um, kind of cross-level leaning a little bit type stuff. Now that we have the Spartan mm-hmm. Rams in place, that's a heavy thing. Yep. So now you have, you know, you can kind of, if we walked into a group of a thousand people and we were picking them out, we'd say, hey, you guys go, you specify towards the Spartan, I mean, the, uh, the Spartan Stadium, you guys go or girls go to the, the World Championship Beast. That's kind of, <coughs> so we kind of do have a decent book in right now so if i had it my way 2020 they would have a stadium world championship i think or, that's really fair you guys have seen what's happening we have the ocean city and the one in florida the they basically the urban the urban sprint there's two of yep. them this year on the calendar i mean now we're talking about if you make that stadium as I'm pushing as hard as I can for it to really be a, dr- a drastic or semi-drastic separation. So as Leah said, we don't have the same pin or 15 that can show up right. and dominate mm-hmm. both. They're going to have to say, I'm Michael Phelps doing the hundred meters and I'm, you know, I'm going to do the 5,000 meter swim. It's, or I'm going to do the 5k run or the 400 meter run. You can't do both. 
we're kind of getting there. We've seen that since they've made the stadium uh, series. Well, well I'm the, the thing is, of- it starts to look like less like just an event and more like a track meet. Because you've got something where you've got, you know, you got the 100 meter dash. And you guys, yeah. you guys that train for, you yeah, know, pole yeah, vault, yeah. like I used to, are not going to go out there and win them, you know, the three miler. Yeah, well, you have I mean, Corinna, Corinna and Orla are going to go one and two. They, they go one and two all year at the stadium. Yeah. Corinna and Orla are not going to go one and two at World. Corinna did back in 2014. She took second. But right now, yep. she'd tell you straight up, she's not going to take. Nope. Corinna and Orla are not going to be on the podium if they step up to Tahoe this year. So and I like that. I really like yeah, I do too. that separation. I do too. You can't do I it think all. that they deserve the same recognition and the same accolades <laughs> as these people that are winning the ten mile mountain courses. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got different horses for different courses kind of thing. And, you know, I would re- I agree with you, Yancy. I would really like to see more of a push to you know, let's have the short course stuff and let's have the middle course and the long course stuff and not expect athletes to be flip-flopping from, you know, every distance because let's face it, there's only a handful of them that really can do that. Yeah, you guys remember the short course from 2014, Vermont, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They filmed it and everything, and then they just never did anything. Never did a thing with that it. That turned out to be a super exciting finish. Like that was yeah, so that was fun a static. to watch from the middle of you know from the middle of this you know of the course. Oh, Short courses are way funner to watch because it's it's <laughs> shorter, it's more action packed. I mean, when you look well, at the footage from Noram, it's like it's everything's happening so quickly. You spread yeah. things out on a fifteen mile course, and like the lead becomes several minutes long, and it's just yeah i mean i i 100 agree with you but i do understand like you know the icons of the sport if you take a john alvin he would basically say well that's not my sport anymore which which is true that's not his sport but so so that's what i'm kind of that's what i kind of mean like there's going to be some growing pains that are going to have to happen for them to create the separation and then then also you have to look at the other thing spartan's trying to do which is they're trying to serve two groups they're trying to create a sport and they're trying to serve the masses all on the same course so yeah. then it becomes yep. tricky because if you start to have these kind of high level elite shorter courses, like how many people are going to travel Can and do money to do those courses? Like, like I've had a lot of people say, well, the reason why I go and do a beast is because it takes me a long time and it's worth my money. Like, why would I travel somewhere and do a course that's mm-hmm. going to be over for me in 30 minutes? Like that, that's kind of the general participant thing. So again, there's like these little emerging paths that. I think it's gonna it's gonna have to be worked out to, to be able to continue to serve both groups they, um, the way they need yeah, to be. I agree, and they've done coming from the corporate world for 16 years. They've done a great job, and I know maybe everybody in this conversation has sat around those those big boardroom conversations. You never ever ever mess with what's bringing your guaranteed income. Your, you know, Tough Mudder did it. That's and fair. It, and it kind of hurt. I think it kind of hurt him. Spartan refuses to step away from, hey, 70, 80% of our income comes from this. You don't mess with that equation. Now, you dabble in other things, maybe, but you don't do anything that's going to tip over that apple cart and, and keep you alive <laughs> and doing very well. That's fair. People come out for trifectas. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a fact. Exactly. Whatever happened, uh, Yancey, how many, I think they call, didn't they call them time trials? What did they call that? They ran a couple of those. Oh, yeah. Of the they, ran, they, won, they, they ran one in, no, no, no. They ran one in Austin. They ran um, one in Austin. The, the, oh, the Friday, that's right. That's the right. Friday night that. before. It was like they used the current obstacles in the festival area to run a short course, basically. Yeah, it was 800 meters approximately. And, I mean, it was knockdown, drag out, fun to watch. I, I did, I went live for... Yeah, I remember that. Mm Mud Run God, I think, one time. And, you know, it was definitely, you know, the the Isaiahs came out, (laughs) those type athletes, and they were, you know, they they did very well at at that. It was a a barn burner. And then they had the 2015, I believe it was, 1,000-meter course at AT AT&T Stadium. Yeah, that's right. That that was – That was was like Michael Michael Mark and Isaiah, right? Yeah, um, Michael was Michael Isaiah and Jack. Michael Jack and Isaiah took the top three there. Got it. Kate, Kate Kramer, Orla, and uh, maybe Corinna. I don't. Or no, Kate, Orla, and Cassidy. 
with the podium and the girl side. Gotcha. So when you think about how they ran trail, it was pretty it was pretty brilliant. First of all, I've been I've been trying to get involved a little bit with the Spartan Trail because I think it has a lot of potential. But if you think about it, they already have the venue secured, right? So yeah. let's have a whole nother race, which I think is brilliant on a lot of different levels that I won't go into right now. But the same thing was possible with that time trial they did on Friday nights. Um, they already had the venue. They already had the festival area. Um, all, they, yeah. all, they, all they had to do was really advertise it. And, you know, I know Beyonce probably had lots of conversations as well, but I kept, I actually tried to contact businesses to, to offer money to up the prize money because I thought, God, if you just monetize this, more people will come. It's, it's a catch 22, you know, you, you know, I, I had this conversation with trail runners like Joe Gray all the time, who, by the way, crushed the Spartan trail in Fort Carson by like 20, <laughs> by beat everyone by like 25 minutes. But it's like you, you you monetize it and then you start to get those athletes and then it builds on itself. Um, you don't have to keep upping the prize money over and over and over. But until they, they promote it and monetize it, I don't think it's going to get a big draw. You're just going to get the people who are already there to race on Saturday or Sunday um, to participate, yeah, which, which is fine. But you're not going to but you're not going to grow a sport out of that. So and that's that's kind of my fear with the Spartan Trail. I've always kind of been a little bit leery towards this season. But I, I was just like, okay, maybe this is just another, you know, like Spartan time trial or a, you know, let's do the short course after Tahoe or let's do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I'll tell you, where, I, I'll tell you, I don't know what Yancey stuff. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. Oh, you're uh, good. You're good. I'll tell I'll tell you where, um, where I, where I like it is that, you know, I live in Boulder now and I came from Seattle. So they're both very, very big trail racing places yep. yeah. and, and the trail racing community has largely gone to ultra distances. So yep. it's, it's seen mm -hmm. the same thing that Leah's bringing up with OCR. Like there's a lot of good trail runners who don't want to go run a 30 or 50 or a hundred K or a mile. And that's where the Spartan trail potentially comes in because it's not that long. Like I'm trying to get Kara Goucher to run, to go to Spartan trail world championships because she got, you know, she was a former track road racer, probably one of the top in the country, uh, certainly an icon in the U S track and field. And now she's switched to trail, but like, you know, she's got bad knees. She doesn't want to go run a 50K or 100K. And that's where yep. I think Spartan, Spartan Trail comes in. You have these shorter distances that people can kind of crush with speed. Yeah. It's going to be a matter of getting the word out there to the ultra community and not necessarily targeting the existing the current. market. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the conversation I had with David Watson is that, you know, it's great to, it's great to, to you know, advertise it in the OCR community, but that's not that's not your hotspot. Like your hotspot mm -hmm. is you need to go to these trail groups in whatever city you're going to and start dropping the information there. Cause, cause yeah, is you know, for trail races, is it a lot for them to pay? Yeah. But most trail races don't pay out anything. Right. So, That's so true. If, if you're a contender, you actually have money to make, which is why Joe Gray went down to Fort Carson to win that race by 25 minutes or whatever. And if you, if you, if you pay attention, which I'm sure you guys have they. They're really sneaky in this real subtle way. The Austin race, for example, they had them go over the A-frame and jump the fire. I was like, that <laughs> is so freaking brilliant, guys. Yeah. Slowly ease them into the yeah. obstacle. Like, just slowly pull them in a little bit. Like, and you know, 99.9% .9 of people, they had probably had no clue they were going to do that. It was like, oh, my God. And, they, and you know what? What we've always said is if you do the local 5K, 10K, local trail race, what do you have to talk about at the water cooler on Monday? Not a lot. But guess what? Here in Austin, thousands of trail racers said, oh, my God, I went over this 30-foot-tall A-frame. Yeah. It scared the piss out of me, and I jumped over the top of pit. I'm like, you, you guys are genius. Yeah. yeah. Genius move. That was, that was a wise marketing move there. I will give them that. So wow. continuing on, then we've, we've kind of went on here kind of like in different in some interesting different <laughs> ways. And we've def, definitely railroaded it a little bit, but um, kind of want to go on a big topic I wanted to bring up here um, was something that just dropped today. Um, so we're kind of getting ready for this championship season. We'll talk about predictions here here after we're done with this portion. But I want to kind of jump into there were some rule changes that came out today. And I would love mid -season. to get some of you mid-season, and I would love to pick you guys' brains on him a little bit. Yeah, go um, for it. So, okay. suddenly now it is okay to carry the bucket overhead, on your shoulders, any which way. What are you guys' thoughts? I, well, I mean, I don't, I don't mind. I think it's just a heavy carry, but I, I, I understand why they didn't want people to do it for a while. Agreed. Because there's a lot of people who are probably going to end up hurt doing that. Yep, you could drop it. You've got your carotid artery back there on your neck. 
um, I honestly, this rule change, I'm good with because yeah. how many races have we raced where since the rule's been in place, you turn the corner out of sight from the people, the volunteers, and the buckets go up on the shoulders, and then you but come not in the sight. And I wouldn't say that. Nah, not the, not, not, not the winning elites, not the podiuming elites. But yes, there are many people in the elite wave who are skirting rules just like everybody else. Yeah. So, you know, as far as this rule goes, I'm all right with it because they weren't policing it well enough, in my opinion. So if you're not going to police a rule that you have in place, then get rid of the rule. Well, Nancy, I, I think um, it has on that note, it has it is fun. Well, I never want to see somebody get in trouble. But it has. No. It is unique when you're sitting there and you see people's names go up on this little whiteboard. Who got caught? It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like that that guy that hasn't raced in two years. And he was out there cheating on that girl, and they got they get thrown up. It's like that's always satisfying when that does happen. Like you it is. Caught yeah, I, I would agree. So on that, you know, I think I, I agree with Leah. The more you can make the race non-subjective and you take away things that need to be monitored the better off you are perfect example is taking out those burpees and the atlas carry was genius because now yep, you yeah. don't have to you don't have to have anybody watching that anymore I, it, I, I think i think the fact that that takes 20 seconds to do the burpees approximately you need to add 15 yards onto that carry um i think make the obstacle a little harder that way but now that's you a have really good way to put that's, it. you just literally can't really cheat that it's get the right. ball from point A to point B, and now you don't have to worry about this. So that was genius. I think the same thing with the bucket. You really took out. It's just like get the bucket from point A to point B now. You can roll the damn thing, whatever you can do. Yep. You're going to see okay. a lot of athletes, a lot of high-level athletes. You're going to see a lot more people running. with. Oh, yeah. Them, I definitely think oh, it's going to make a difference. I'm curious if the weight of the bucket is now going to change. I don't think it should. I don't, I don't, think, it I don't think it will. So, okay, so this, this brings up a really good point then. So we just talked about the, the Atlas carry and kind of the um, – so talking about mandating things, let's talk about then the new disengagement rule from the tire. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, so now for our listeners here, you have to fully disengage from the tire after each flip. So I mean, before it's kind of been this walkover, maybe put it on your foot, maybe get your fingertips under it so you've got to start for your second flip. Now you've got to be entirely away from it. Well, each obstacle has its own essence, right? That, that's why I don't mind that the bucket carry has been carried different ways because the essence is just a heavy carry. Carry it however yep. you want. The essence of a tire flip is, unfortunately for everyone, is to flip it twice. Yep. And, and you know, elites do what, whatever they can do or are, are allowed to do to give them the best advantage. It's not cheating. It's just trying to figure it out. So Strategy. I think yep. it's going to cause a, a havoc, though, potentially, especially for the men, not so much for the women. Yeah, um, not so much for the women, but the guys are going to be rough. They haven't had a lot, of to- uh, a lot of problems with the tire, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's already caused. I mean, Robert Killian, world championship, she, he could have been world mm-hmm. champion last year if it went to bed. Now, granted, he was fighting a back injury, which is why he tried to lift it in a different way, but still, like, it's going to change. If they keep the tire the same, it's definitely going to change the men's race. Yeah, oh, for my, sure. My, my, opinion, my opinion is, number one, the female's tire should be 280. That would be a proper Spare. 30% mm-hmm. reduction. But I think if you know, you're know you teaming with your sponsor and you take what you get, I think if the true serum was out, I think we would all, and I think everybody at Spartan wishes those tires had a bevel on them because mm-hmm. now yep. you're yep. actually, now you're just, now you just got to flip the tire. There's, there's no longer sub- any subjectivity. You can get your fingers up under it and it's like, who who's the strongest and you can get those tires flipped quickly. That not having a bevel, I've talked to Coble and and the, and the guys. They hate the fact that you got to be very careful where you put those. I mean, in World Championships last year, it was on pavement. Mm-hmm. Trust yep. me, guys, you can't dig your fingers into the pavement. Like when it's on grass or dirt, you can kind of grind your fingers in and create a create gap a hole. There. Yeah, big, but, big a hole. You know, so Tahoe's tire flip was way tougher than most tire flips throughout the year because it was on yep. pavement. Yeah. So I think they, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing they're like, gosh, dang, I wish these had bevels on them because it sure would take away a lot of the, uh, you know, the yeah. unique, the, uh, how, how, how many people, you really don't want, and here's my theory, 
I, you really don't want in your series races and your world championships. The last thing you want is a crap ton of people, people doing a crap ton of burpees. It does yeah. not look yep. good. Not right. good. Um, yeah. The burpee, the burpee off between Lindsay and Faye, like literally 30 yards away from the finish line. Was yeah. Like, those are pretty uh, epic though. <laughs> well, no, it's, it, it was fun to watch, but if you didn't know the sport and you're just tuning on in Christmas day at home, you'd be like, Really? Like they just ran all those miles and all these obstacles, and that's what it's going to come down to. Is yeah, like no, I totally agree with you. And that's when the people it's with like the, the PK in soccer. It's kind of like soccer PKs at the end. It's like really all that, and we're going to come down to these PKs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I'll tell, you what, so, though, I'll tell you one more thing on that. Here's the thing, though. They did create one of the largest fitness movements the planet has ever seen <laughs> and the burpee was literally the nucleus of all of it so genius genius mm. genius i mean it's it, it's, the, burpee, the burpee still plays a big role i i do hope one day in the championship the big races that for the elites it goes away somehow but i, I can't i can't fault them too much on it, man pretty, <laughs> you're pretty genius that's fair that's fair um, right, so, so other other rules world. that have changed Thor. Okay, yeah. Leah, go ahead. Yeah, I've got the list in here. So other rules. We we talked about the Atlas carry. We talked yep. about the bucket. Um, next one is a personal one on me. Oh, uh, <laughs> the monkey bars. The monkey bar vertical truss. So for those who aren't aware, the specifically monkey bars, twister, the rig, the the apparatuses that have the truss, you can no longer touch or use the vertical part of it, like the poles to approach it, but yeah. you can use the horizontal ones on the structure. So, so either uh, if, you, if you don't have a jump, if you don't have the ups to, to grab the truss above yeah. you, then you're SOL. I will yeah, say that's... there are many races that me as a short girl have been to that I have Physically, I just I cannot even get on to the obstacle to start with that using that vertical truss just to begin the obstacle has been great. And then Spartan came out with the little, you know, red blocks for the girls, um, you know, stand on the little block to get higher, which is great. But they don't bring them to the stadium races. So if you're racing stadiums, then you're just SOL there. So I don't like that one. I, I again I like it in essence, but 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 you're absolutely right. There's a logistics issue and, and Nancy might provide more insight on it percent, but you don't want you don't want your non-elite people to fail more than X percent of obstacles, or then it's just not fun. Right. Right. So if they're not even if you can't even like get to the obstacle or approach it, right. That's uh, the thing. Then, yep. then you're then you're then you're kind of starting to dip into that like what are we taking away from the masses? Right. In essence, I, in essence, I like it, but the reason why people use a vertical trust was was to get to the first yep. rung of the obstacle. So hopefully right. they'll make make up for that by making sure that shorter people. Do, yeah, do I'm sure access. that's. Right. I'm I'm sure safety played a role there. Oh, I'm and, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, it's so. I just. I guess I've been very lucky and well, like just by chance. I've I've never been to a race where they didn't have the the steps. And AT and T Stadium, they have they had the steps, but all the not, other races, not on the that. monkey bars, they didn't. They did they on the rig for AT and T. The the first ring was low enough that it didn't matter. Okay. But at the monkey bars, I almost failed that one. Because there was not a box, and I just jumped for my life, and by miracle was able to reach it. But there are times when I have not been able to reach that first bar. I bet they've had, they've probably had a conversation saying, "Okay, here's a new rule. It's for safety, and guys, we've got to make sure we have steps." But I surely hope so. That's going to be a uh, yeah. I can see, I can see that being uh, that's logistics. Yeah, right. that's going to be that's going to be tough for. Anybody, right. uh, I've got a few clients that uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, yep. gonna be a challenge for them. That's what I'm saying. All right, so, so what next other rules on the list have, yeah. is dunk wall mandatory, which I didn't realize it was. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> there, there's a lot of questions in that in the ultra world, kind of. Um, right. sometimes when the weather gets bad or something, people are like, Oh, mm. I'll, I'll just burpee out of that. That's probably for something like that. That's a minute detail, whatever, I would say. get in the water. Uh, and uh, sometimes they close down obstacles for so that. So, what about thermia? We we didn't talk about it, but I I said it in the text message earlier. Mm -hmm. I thought the language with the bucket that was strange. Was, that was yeah. strange was because 
like if you take Hobie's incident when he had to spill in Seattle, he, in he, Seattle filled yeah. his, he filled his bucket back up. I think that's just a they need so to they're, it, I, they're gonna yeah, reword that because right now if you spill some rocks, yeah. you're technically you're you gotta go back and restart that. Yep. As yep. it reads, it says you are allowed to carry the bucket above the head or on the shoulder during the bucket carry. Also, if the lid comes off, you do not need to start the obstacle, restart the obstacle unless material has been displaced. So that's not saying that you're allowed to pick it up and put it back in like Hobie did. Yeah, it's technically saying you got to get your butt back over, basically get a brand new bucket and restart. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that comes back off. from the day with Hobie, though, when we filled our own buckets. Right. No. Don't let yeah, the lid you know, fall you know, what I do, you know what I don't like about that? I mean, I, again, in essence, I like it. But, like, I, I mean, what if you end up with a bucket that's lid is looser than someone else's lid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Choose you your bucket a, wisely. Yeah. Get lucky with the bucket. I, I'm, all, I'm all about eliminating, like, kind of petty variability where possible. Mm-hmm. So... That one, that one I'm a little bit iffy on. I mean, again, I think I understand That's the fair. essence of it. But. All right. Next rule is you, in order to be considered to have completed the balance beam, you, uh, I'm sorry, to be considered to have completed the balance beam once you have touched the descending beam with at least one foot. Yeah, that they made that crystal clear at AT&T Stadium. Yep. That was, um, I think they're just trying to prevent people from, I mean, those, those top athletes literally jump off the middle mm-hmm. of the horizontal beam and jump all the way to the ground. That's a, that's yeah. that's almost, I think that has not, as much to do with safety as it does anything else. Yeah. I think it has I'm to do with safety, with and I don't think we're going to see things like that at the World Championship, but I think that things like the stadium races, that will yeah. have more precedence. I'm fine yeah. with that one. Next rule, Spartan is not obligated to review third-party video footage for any reason. That is awesome. Yeah. No more tattletailing. I really wish, honestly, I, you know, I know that I, I might be a whiner in this regard, but I don't watch the live stream on Sunday. It's not, it's just because I've already tried to follow social media on Saturday, figuring out right. what to, you know, what's going on, that I don't have the time to, to invest anymore, and so... I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the official reason why they moved it to Saturday, but it, it did coincidentally come after all that live time yeah. co- or live stream comments. So, and no, I'm I'm great that I'm, I'm I love that they don't have to look at third party footage, but I still yeah. wish they bring the live stream back and make it live stream. I agree. And I and do then... wish, um, because I, I'll tell you what, they I, I got to give it to them. They're very open to to communication, and I that's why I'm comfortable saying things is that i do wish they would rethink the penalty the penalty situation where you know let's say you you touch a truss or you uh, the, all the various things that have happened we, the, the fire the fire incident with in yep. uh, at san antonio yep. you know the if was, woods. yeah if there was like a various le- like is was this was this very minuscule? Was this a dramatic disregard for the rules? All this stuff. Yep. Where, was this a fra- flagrant kind of issue? You know, like it's like a you got a one minute, two minute, three minute, four minute, five minute, whatever, or thirty seconds, almost like the NFL five, ten, fifteen yard flag rules, different levels. I I, I do wish because here's what here's what happens, and and I, I'm I'm being a little biased here, but like it's funny. Jack and I Jack and I spend a lot of time running a very meticulous ranking system and. It's funny you look at Woods and and Hunter Russell and others is like it's like that asterisk. Actually, his ranking would be a lot better right now, but he had a freaking ten minute penalty, <laughs> yeah, for touching something. Um, but yeah, I wish that would be relooked at. Uh, and I think the ten minute penalty, and I, I I don't want to go on too big of a tangent here, but a really really random instance of that penalty. Um, so here at the Indiana race, I've got a friend named Dustin Nichols, um, traditionally, you know, a top podium placement in his age group. He got a faulty timing chip from Spartan. And, Interesting. Yep, he got a faulty, and they slapped a 10-minute penalty on him. Fake. Now, he would have been in second place on that podium. Hmm. So he, physically, he physically came in second? Physically came in second. Got a faulty timing chip, and they said because he they recorded it with his watch, they slapped a ten minute penalty on the dude. Hmm. Well, 
and yeah, see, those I mean, I those think, are instances think, where we we kind of blanket it with like a ten minute or something that I'm like, we need to back off from that. Yeah, especially with system, something like that. The penalty system is going to be the hardest thing to do, right? Because you have oh, to absolutely see it. To police you like have that. to see it. You have to determine intent. You have to determine lots of yeah. things. Like like one could say that Ryan didn't purposely grab that vertical truss, but he did run up a path right next to it, which then increases your chances of accidentally grabbing it. So that does. You know, it's it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I mean, I think it's I think it's important. Let me say that first. I think it's important to figure it all out, but it, that's going to be the hardest thing. I think is assessing penalties, seeing them, determining intent, all that stuff. Well, we as have much to, we of have a mess as there, we've but... seen, yeah, as much of a mess as we've seen this year with these penalties, I'm really hoping that's <laughs> going to be a main focus for them in the off season to get something better in play, rather than just kind of this mid season rule changing stuff. I, and then, you know, I know Yancey always it always says that things are getting better, and, and I, I think that that's true here too. I mean, remember Atkins got DQ'd from a rope climb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we've yeah. come we've come a long way since then. So I do. It's not that I don't think Spartans not paying attention. I do think they incrementally do make changes uh, year after year after year. It's it's just you know it's birthing pains of trying to to uh, have a sport, especially now the eyes are on it. Like anyone who watches football, basketball, like how many, like I'm 52 years old. I can go all the way back to childhood and talk about questionable calls. So now that there's eyes on the sport, um, yeah, there's just going to be more, more to critique. So uh, true, man. I use that. I use that as an example in a podcast a while back. And you know, what happens is, is we, uh, number one, I always say, you don't toast your glasses until a lot of people are talking shit about you. Mm-hmm. Once you can start, to, you can start really celebrating when your people are. But they're the one of the most successful leagues in the history of our planet. The NFL had the most ridiculous call, maybe in the history of the NFL in NFC Championship, and it kind of just shed light on, you know what? I it's like the best of the best and the most powerful of them all that have that have devoted millions and millions of dollars to get it right. They got it crazy wrong. Yeah. And it's like, wow. You know what I mean? So there's net, we'll never be to the, to the point where yeah. it's not going to have conversation, a lot of conversations. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good for the evolution of the sport and, you know, each season there's, there's definitely significant changes and, you know, we'll kind of see how it, how it evolves. And it's, it's definitely been evolving. And this is just, I guess I, I would say probably since like 20, eh, probably since like we kind of had a lesser year last year, but things just seem this year to have evolved and really be changing dramatically really mm-hmm. quick this year. Well, well I, think they're, I, think, I think they're, they're serious about this whole Olympic thing. I mean, I don't, they're not going to be in it anytime soon, but I think they're serious about it. And I think that's kind of what has kind of gotten this whole thing rolling. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, you know, I think I know we we got off track a little bit, and I wanted to kind of throw Adrian another bone. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's amazing that because I I can only imagine I, I know they're not making a ton of money. <laughs> no, they're not <laughs> it, killing it. it. It amazes me how in epic fashion now is he now well fourteen fifty sixteen seventy eighteen. Wait a second here. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. This is going to be year six. Six. Yep, year yeah. six of the OCRWC. And now, you know, Noram's a, a mainstay. The fact that it's a race that it's really and truly, it's only for serious veteran. I mean, for the most part, veteran serious OCR athletes to show up at. I mean, if, yep. if you just, if you just, number one, you have to be a decent athlete to qualify to go there. And that's, it's just really and truly that's, I'm just very impressed that Adrian has pulled that off and continue year after year to make that just an epic event. Yeah, I agree. Props to him, man. And props to that whole team. And I'm, I'm, you know, I I love, I'm, man, I'm a major Spartan faithful, but I Mm -hmm. love the, I'll be honest. I, it hurt my heart to see Tough Mudder struggling. So when any time you know, there's other things out there doing well. I think it's really, really good for the sport. So, Adrian, toast to you, my brother. If you get a chance to listen to this, you're a freaking rock star, dude. Yeah, yeah. No. he's doing good. Our team. Well, so rolling into the rest of the season, next up is West Virginia. 
Yep. Predictions for any ideas, guys? Well, I don't. I don't know who's even who's gonna race West Virginia, but I honestly but I, don't either. The yeah. paycheck's huge, though. The payout's I big know. to West well, Virginia. I, well, that's the appeal of West Virginia. Um, but like I said, I just I don't know. Like I, I'm pretty sure Johnny Lima is not going. Um, oh, I just it makes me sad. I love that Yancey, venue, and I think he could do great there. <laughs> before before Yancey came out, I, saw, I mentioned that Rose isn't going. Um, I don't know about Ray and Nicole. Well, I don't. I don't know that Raya will go. Um, she's got some other stuff she's you know doing yeah, now. Yeah, she's got the um, other adventure. Yeah, the whole adventure stuff and the, what, like the three week race. <laughs> yeah, <Yep. laughs> yeah, right. I'd be so, shocked if Nicole wasn't there. Nicole, I'm sure will be there. Yeah. Yeah, guys. With, I mean, with that in with that in mind, and I, I don't want to get us off track here, but you realize these adventure, these major athletes like Ray and Ryan that are jumping into these adventure races, yeah. that's going to play a major role at Tahoe. Those two yeah, athletes sure. are going to be rolling into Tahoe basically yeah. with with 14 days of of fatigue. adventure race on their, their bodies legs. turned inside out. But yeah. Well, let's look at Tahoe. Obviously, that's that's the bigger, you know, bigger game here. What, that's the big rodeo. Tahoe. Well, I, I mean, can I go first, Nancy? Shoot, man, it's all, all your right. Well, first, well, first Rock of all, it. no one, no one beats Lindsay until someone beats Lindsay. So it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference that Nicole beat her to, to me at Norams. Like you have to beat Lindsay at Tahoe. Uh, you know, we know that uh, Zuzana won't be there. Um, it, I mean, it's going to be a. I think Lindsay is probably going to dominate. Uh, I just got my vote. Raya, you know, let Raya. Who knows? Like Raya, you know, she's got. And Raya could come out of the woodworks, but she's going to have so much fatigue behind her from that adventure race. And I think Rose has potential um, for sure. Uh, Obviously, Nicole is going to be there. In terms of men, uh, with with Atkins kind of basically forfeiting. Uh, potentially a top spot. I mean, I, I, I see. I mean, I think Johnny Luna Lima is the guy to beat right now. I mean, obviously, I Robert Killian, think Johnny's up Killian, there. Killian deserves all the respect in the world. I don't know if Albin's coming over yet. Have you guys heard? I haven't I've heard, not heard anything from about Albin. Albin. I, all I know is that uh, I know someone. I think Absol Racing Media put put a post up, and it was that Johnny Luna Lima winning. I don't know if it was uh, if it was Big Bear or the next one or whatever, but. Uh, Albin, who's never on social media. Well, he is now. He's ma- he makes posts now, but I don't think he ever comments. He actually commented and said something like, who dis? Kind of like, wait, wait, wait. Who, who's, this, like, who's this new guy who's showed up? So, you know, oh I, think Albin's, I think Albin's I already that, proven. Actually. Um, Albin's already proven that he can win at Tahoe now. I don't think he has anything left to prove. We already know that in terms of world races, he's probably the best. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, Aaron Newell's racing super Aaron well right now yeah. it too. uh so i don't know I, I i think i think there's more intrigue right now but do you think aaron's osmosising it from nicole uh i just think <laughs> you know i just think aaron aaron has that running he has that runner climber background and agreed, agreed. To... he's he's a phenomenal athlete as well <laughs> yeah, yeah so did anybody yeah, see, what read, are you thinking did anybody else read killian's post uh, Every year they do the bar, the bar camp uh, race. Oh, yeah. And if you read Killian's write up, it was the most epic, direct to the point write up on Johnny Luna Lima. He basically said, I mean, Killian went into bar camp on top form. He was ready. He knew Johnny was going to be tough. He's like, he basically said, Johnny is undefeated. He can't be beat at Tahoe unless he fails obstacles. Yeah. Because. He, he, you know, you saw all the, all the stat. Johnny matched Killian on the climb. Yeah. On the descent, guys, and take a deep breath. Don't pass out when I say this. He was one second off of Joe Gray's all-time descent record at bar from bar camp down. Whoa. Well, wow. well, I can I can tell you that Joe Gray was pretty impressed with Johnny because I talked to Joe afterwards and he's like, "Yeah, that kid did pretty well." I can I can see why he'd be super good at obstacle course racing. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yeah, I mean th- Joe Gray owns that mountain and he was one second off his all-time freaking descent record. Yeah, that's insane. That's that is insane. Here's the thing. We've all been to Tahoe a million times now. The ascents and the descents are ridiculously runnable, most of them. And that oh, absolutely. Cool. You know, if it was Vermont, I think Johnny is completely neutralized. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, because everything's way steeper there. Yeah, you just can't. It's a grindhouse. You can't truly bomb down Vermont. the descents. Uh, but, but, but you can't Tahoe. You can't. 
I mean, Johnny's going to be logging four fifteen miles on those descents. Oh my god, god, that's insane! Unfathomable. And when you've got a one mile descent there from like Sun Peak, it's mm-hmm. that's insane. Thinking about that. Now, with that said, if Atkins could come in or Araya could come in after, they could make history. They could. It's almost as a as a coach, I I don't even. <laughs> you know, I get a chance to work with Ray. I don't even really – I mean, if I was in a true serum, I was like, guys, you probably shouldn't even race. But you know they're going to – if, they were, if either one of them were able stuff. to come in – I'll be honest. If either one of them podium, it's going to be it's going to be an epic Hall of Fame performance yeah. on their part because, guys, it's a – I don't know if you've researched, but it's a, it's a 10 to 14-day adventure race they're doing. Yeah, yeah. and it's, oh, it's everything. Insane. It's primitive, like – you know, it's climbing, it's water navigating, it's no sleeping, it's, you know, it's yeah. not just a walk in the park report. It's death I mean, race. You're basically, you're basically, it's not just fatigue, you're basically taping yourself together. Like, you, you're going to incur a number of injuries throughout that time, and you just manage them. I, that's, why, that's why adventure racers actually used to make a really good living. I don't know where the sport is now, but, like, yeah. I mean, I had lots of talks with Ian Adamson, but I've also talked with a lot of other people, like... You know, they had legitimate sponsors and they had legitimate paychecks. <laughs> yeah. Now it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they can how can they perform. Whatever comes of them, even even if they hit the podium, either of those two, oh, that, that is be, quite would, a testament be, to be, them. It would be amazing if they do. Yeah, and I think Adkins will be will be still in. I think both of them will be in that top ten, that top fifteen. Oh, for sure. But uh, yeah, um, you, you yeah you can't you can't count either one of those those two out. I don't know. No, absolutely not. On that no. course. No. All right, guys. Well, I think we're kind of coming here to the end of our time here. Yeah. Um, I want to we, thank you both for yeah. spending the time with us. This was great. For sure. sure. Thank you guys so much for, for meeting up with us. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this season shakes down and how you know things kick into gear for next year. Hey, Tim. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like we're – Leah, it sounds like we're talking to Faye the whole time when we're talking to you. Oh, is it? You sound on the phone. You sound just <laughs> I'm serious. Just like who? Face thinning. Leah's thinning. Faye. You ever ever talked to Faye on the phone? I mean, you know how the phone kind of distorts things a little bit. It's like this entire hour. It's like, gosh, I think I'm talking to Faye. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, if That's I can hilarious. harness some of Faye's like superhuman capabilities, that would be great for me for the rest. Yeah, of the <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely look into that. Awesome. Well, right, thank y'all. you guys right. so much. Cool, we guys. appreciate it. You guys have yeah. an awesome night. Thanks, you too. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And wow, that was a great conversation. There you have it. There was a lot of hot topics, I think. A lot to unpack um, there. Yeah, lots of information. We talked all about the different championship races and, and some fun predictions. So we'll see how it plays out for the rest of the season. Absolutely. I'm really excited here for the championship season. I'm hopefully going to be able to get back out there. Uh, once again, thank you to everybody that's been reaching out to me um, and asking about it, um, what kind of what I've been going through and everything. Uh, big shout out to the community and thank you to all of our followers that listen to us week after week. Um, we wouldn't be here without you guys. You guys mean Absolutely. the world to us. For sure. So those of you guys who want to you know, touch base and see us in person, don't forget we've got Highlander Assault coming up soon in September. Use code BROCR for 25% off Highlander Assault. It's going to be a great time. I got my kilt in. I've not posted a photo yet because I've been a little busy still trying to take care of some stuff. I've seen it. It's going to be awesome. It's pretty camo. Um, Additionally, we would like to uh, go ahead and thank our sponsors here for the BROCR Supercast. Vegas CBD. Leah, shout it off. As always, Vegas CBD, um, best quality performance CBD on the market made by endurance athletes for endurance athletes. Check them Pick out. The next at, song. Yep, com slash brocr. You can see our smiling faces and then save yourself 15% with using code brocr. It's good stuff. It's great for endurance athletes. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there currently on the market. You never really know what's moving around. Um, this stuff's good. It's for athletes. It's by athletes. They want clean um, water testing. Check it out, guys. Phenomenal yep, products. I also want to give a shout out to another one of our awesome Brocier sponsors, Brave Soldier. Um, you guys need to get on the bandwagon for, for Brave Soldier. Their anti-friction cream is always in my race bag. 
um, stops friction, stops chafing, blisters, can't beat yeah, it. Yeah, we've and been I watching even... a lot of, we've been talking a little bit about um, about Norium. I've seen a lot of bruises out there from friends and stuff. Yep. And if there's a way to recover Norium, that stuff. all the ripped hands, get yourself some of the antiseptic healing. Um, it definitely works better than anything else I've used before. Absolutely. So once again, check it out. Brave Soldier. Once again, use code BROCR for some cash off, guys. Um, we're, we're not joking. Remember. Pretty simple. Um, and once again, want to do a big shout out to our sponsors over at Human Octane. Um, guys, if you're checking out performance gear for the OCR world, uh, can you find better stuff out there, Leah? I don't think I, so. I don't think you can. Um, no. It's phenomenal, phenomenal equipment for just taking taking a beating. I've yep. I've got two pairs of shorts, no problems, no holes all season, and yeah, I run a lot of ultras. So check yeah, it out, guys. Too. Human Octane, phenomenal gear. Uh, awesome. Until next week, then I'm Jacob Bosecker. and I'm Leah Hensley. We'll see you on course. Take care, guys. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs too. Want to be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So, thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.